some people will say to me when I ask them, sex is so important, like I'll die without it. Now, that sounds possibly a bit dramatic because you wouldn't, technically, you die without food and water, right? But that's how important it is, mm. okay? So clearly it means very something very significant. And then they might be with someone who says, nah, that's just not that important. Nobody's right or wrong. It's mm. about who you're choosing to do life with and how are you going to manage this difference, right? Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in The Vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Vault. Uh, Today, we have a really raw confession from a dad regarding the lack of intimacy in his relationship. And I certainly didn't feel qualified to tackle this one alone. So I have brought on our expert guest, Naomi Hutchings. So Naomi, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for those listening, Naomi is a clinical sexologist and relationship Mm -hmm. counsellor with Mm -hmm. over 17 years of experience working with couples, families and individuals. So very qualified, I think, to provide a few tips and (laughs) tricks around this particular confession. Mm. All right. So for those listening, um, we're going to cut straight to the confession now. My partner and I have been in a relationship for 10 years and have a six-year-old daughter. What I'm really struggling with is the lack of intimacy since our daughter has come along. Our relationship started off really well. I felt passion towards my partner on both an emotional and a physical level. Um, The two of us were inseparable. Uh, We couldn't keep our hands off each other. And the last thing that I could have imagined at that point was that I would end up being in a a sexless marriage. Um, That's kind of where we've ended up. As soon as my wife became pregnant, uh, the door to intimacy basically closed. She just kept making excuses. I would feel guilty for pressuring her, and so eventually I just stopped asking. Fast forward to now, our daughter is uh, six years old, and I can count the amount of times uh, we've been intimate on both hands. I realise that intimacy isn't everything, but over time, the lack of intimacy has led to me feeling uh, a little bit unwanted. When I talk to my wife about this, uh, it only ever really leads to her trying to convince me that what we are experiencing is completely normal. And I guess you could say that for the most part, she's had me convinced, uh, hence why the relationship has survived up until now. Recently, I've spoken to a few mates who also have kids, and it seems like what uh, some people consider normal, uh, others in fact consider unhealthy. The major dilemma I face now is do I stay or do I go? There's obviously challenges that come up with a breakup when kids and assets are involved. Or do I just stay in this relationship lacking intimacy? and not have my needs met for the sake of the kids and the avoidance of financial loss. There's a lot there in that story. I mean, you've got someone who obviously, you know, their their child's now six years old. They've Mm. experienced a lack of intimacy in their relationship, even from the pregnancy stage. So add Mm -hmm. on an extra nine months to that. That's a long time to really be feeling as though you're not on the same page as your your partner. Um, Mm. With all of the work that you do, Tell us, because uh, particularly because our audience are typically people who have children under the age of five, mm. um, do you see this a bit? Um, all the I'm time. curious as, yeah, normalise this for us, please. <laughs> all the time, all the time. Right. I will say, just want to clarify that yes. some people 
don't experience this and they actually find they have more sex. So I just want to say that out loud yeah. for anyone who he's thinking, oh, this is all doom and gloom. There are yeah. some people who find that they're just so absolutely besotted by their partner. They feel yeah. even close and they feel horny and all of that yeah. and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, more commonly I see this. So, yeah. okay, so there's so many things I want to delve into. Talk to mm. me first about, look, I breastfed. I've actually got two children. One's a two-year-old, mm. one's a three-year-old, mm-hmm. right? So, and I breastfed yeah. for both yeah. for about seven or eight months. And I feel mm-hmm. like the breast, when you're breastfeeding and you're so needed uh, by this little baby and your body doesn't feel like it's your own, et cetera, et cetera, the mm. whole vibe around being affectionate with your partner and them like even touching your arm kind yep. of goes out the window, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, that is very yeah. common. People talk about this a lot. Mm. I've even had people talk about how they really loved breast play before that they were breastfeeding mm. and then they've kind of totally freaked out, weirded mm. out, whatever you want to say. They were just like not into mm. it at all. And for some it came back, lots of them. And then I've talked to people years later and it hasn't come back. They've just kind of had this thing and we've had to work on unpacking that. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like it, it, it just makes sense. It takes a lot out of your body, right? You're hungry, you're tired, like all, all of that. So it makes sense that people would feel like that. Absolutely. So if someone came to you feeling that way, mm. what would you be saying to them? Well, I, first of all, I would just like normalize that, you know, what mm. you're feeling. I mean, every, you know, everyone's going to have a unique experience, but this is a common thing that people talk about. Mm. I've also had partners who um, are there as well. So not the birthing person, but the partner, the one who's not mm. breastfeeding, who are struggling to touch the breast in a certain way as well. When milk's mm. coming out or, uh, yeah, they just kind of have also looked at their body in, in a way that feel, you know, like in a parental kind of way. So I, I see mm. both. Yeah, so I just talk about how is there other things they can do, focusing on different kinds of pleasure for a while if they just want to give it a break, trying not to force it if they, you know, if they're really not feeling like it because that can kind of feel icky as well. Mm, talk to me about other forms of pleasure as examples. Yeah, well, now that's going to be an individual thing, right? So yeah. I suppose it's about how do you get pleasure? If you want sexual pleasure, what's going to feel good at the time? And this is, again, it's always that could be a journey in itself. It mm. might be that at the beginning you're only able to do certain things and you're too tired or perhaps you're pain, in pain or whatever. And I suppose you need to be having conversations about that and being mm. honest as well. If you're having any actual physical pain and physical pain is not your jam, uh, talk mm. about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so being honest about where you can. And what's going on rather than keeping it inside. And I think communication was obviously a bit of a piece missing here in this um, particular example yeah. too. How yeah, they we... continue talking. No, and or when they are talking, one person feels a bit dismissed by the other person. I mean, well, to be fair, we're only hearing one side of the story. One side of it, so, that's right. You know, but yeah. if someone's feeling, like let's say, let's talk to this particular father, for example. So he's raised mm-hmm. to his partner mm-hmm. a number of times. I'm mm-hmm. feeling neglected. We haven't had yeah. sex in ages. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling good about that. And the partner's dismissing uh, that I'm too tired, I'm breastfeeding, what do you want from me, da 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 da, da. Mm, mm, What mm. would you be saying if someone came to you around mm. guidance? Yeah, look, I mean, there's so much here that I would unpack. I've got so many questions because I'm mm. looking, I'm, I'm just looking because I've got a little snapshot of what, what, what was said so I can remind yes. myself. But I noticed that one thing that sort of sticks out mm. to me is that he mentions that he feels like some sort of perverted sexaholic. Mm. And I know that that's a common thing when I've got the person who wants more sex saying that. They're mm. kind of almost ashamed of it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to acknowledge that everybody just has different um, 
they experience their arousal differently, they experience their desire differently to acknowledge that. Mm. But obviously we can't make anyone have sex if they don't want to have sex. Mm. But the fact that you want it, there's nothing wrong with that, mm. that you actually feel like more sex than your partner. Mm. Um, so I wonder too, my, my question in there is about why is he feeling like that? Is she literally saying that or is he just thinking that because he's embarrassed because he keeps asking for it a lot? Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would want to talk to both of them, right, because I would want to know what's going on for her, why is she doing that? Obviously... Uh, it's funny, right, that if you had sex to have a baby, which some people do, not everyone, mm-hmm. but when you do that, that that, the thing that possibly was pleasurable for you, then makes this happen. Mm-hmm. You get the baby and then it's like, oh. And I think for a lot of people, you know, we don't talk about this now, but a lot of, a long time ago it wasn't about that it was. Sex was, for a lot of people, was procreation and that's mm-hmm. it. Now we've moved beyond this to go, you know, we can choose to have sex. Mm-hmm. We can have a great time. We want pleasure. And then people feel ashamed for not wanting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's a lot I would be asking, you know, I mean, I've got many, many questions here about what's going on. Because, like, if it was hurting and she's not talking about that, is she talking about her body? Mm-hmm. Are they having conversations? I think there's another comment there about, um, she's only ever le- it only ever led to her trying to convince me that we're experiencing is, is normal. Mm. And when I say normal, that's a variation, right? Mm. Every, everybody's different. So it is, it is not uncommon. And I try not to use the word normal, which it, I mean, it, it, it's helpful, but also not because mm-hmm. when we say normal, we're usually comparing it to something. Mm. And it's like, why don't we just talk about how the huge diversity, but it's, it's a very common experience that people during this time in their life are very tired mm. and sex doesn't, isn't high up on the list. Mm. That, that makes sense. The whole life's sort of upside down. Mm. And so then I, I think I suppose I'd talk about it because my questions here are what does sex mean to you? You know, I've got many questions mm. here. Yeah. So for him, I'm just going to hazard a guess that sex is clearly very important. Yeah. And um, I was just talking to someone else about this, that some people will say to me, Naomi, when I ask them, mm. they'll say, sex is so important, like I'll die without it. Now that sounds possibly a bit dramatic because you wouldn't technically, <laughs> you die without food and water, right? But that's how important it is. Mm. Okay. So clearly it means very something very significant. And then they might be with someone who says, nah, that's just not that important. Nobody's right or wrong. It's mm. about who you're choosing to do life with and how are you going to manage this difference, right? And I think the hard part just on that is that it sounded though from this caller, they used to have a great sex life yes. and now they don't. And that shift is really difficult on relationships. Well, so yeah. let's kind of yeah. generalize here. Let's let's kind of say, I'll, I'd like to throw a few examples at you because obviously mm-hmm. we don't know the whole story as, yeah. as far as that caller. So um, it's quite common, as you said, that the female is not may not be into have a high libido after having had a baby, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How could the male or the other partner best communicate uh, the fact, the feeling of neglect, I guess, and try to get back on the same page with the partner that has the low libido? What language should they be using? Yeah, look, and it's funny because when you say like you use the word neglect, sometimes I ask people what they're missing because, yes, mm. it might be the actual sexual release and, and I would talk about what, you know, as I said earlier, that what does it mean? But for some people then they realise when they say that, that word neglect, mm. they do feel like they're left out mm. of the whole thing. So maybe they're just craving being sexual because that's that something they know that only those two can do together. That's not including the baby. Mm. So that's what they're missing. But then I would talk about how else you could be intimate. So, you know, I suppose each of you trying to have some empathy and kindness towards each other because you can just get defensive, especially in, you know, it's your body. And that's just, that's something for a lot of people they'll shut down. So don't you dare try to make me do something in my body I don't want to do, mm. understandably. Mm. So I'd talk about trying to be empathetic, finding some kindness in there about what's really going on, what are you missing? 
missing. And then we might unravel that, yeah, they just want some more cuddles. Um, they want to feel like they're not second. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, some people very much tell me they have this magnificent shift in their life and they're like, whoa, this baby means the world to me. Nothing comes in the way of the baby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And other people don't. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it'd be sort of talking about that, what they're missing and finding ways to feel intimate because, you know, there's sexual stuff, mm-hmm. sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. and then there's other ways that you can feel intimate. So I would be asking that, like how else do you feel intimate? What can we do? Because uh, for some people uh, there, there are other ways they can get that. Is it a touch thing? You know, what else is going on or could they do something? Um, and for some people that's also a struggle because sometimes I'll talk about, you know, having carving out some time for each other. Some people very strongly, they get very upset, very teary when they're talking to me about never wanting to leave their child yet Mm. and then getting very grumpy with their partner for even suggesting it. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'd be having lots of conversations, I suppose, about what that looks like, how else we could carve out couple time in the middle of this. And remembering it's not always going to be like this. It's so hard because you're just in that. It's like, oh, you're in the thick of that. And it's like life is ever changing, right? But it feels very significant at the time. Yes. And, and so I would be asking about what are you, are you not feeling close anymore? Is there mm. some other things we could do as well? Mm. And talking about what does sex mean to you? Uh, are you talking about P and the V? Is If it's a penis and a vagina, what are we talking about? Because if that's sort of off-putting, I want people always to be looking at opening their definition of sex and talking about pleasure in other ways so it's not always defaulting to that. Mm. What about um, for the females who are sitting there feeling probably a little bit guilty for maybe not Mm. being, um, let's let's say sex is off Mm. the table, let's just say affectionate. They're not Mm. feeling overly affectionate towards their partners. They're exhausted. They're over it. They're just trying to do the the best they can to bring up this little child, but they also don't want to damage their relationship and they're seeing it starting to get damaged. guidance for them i look i do feel like i wish people would be just simply less harsh on themselves Mm. and just remember that we are constantly in the meantime life is constantly moving but it can feel scary because again i use these examples all the time there are many other things in life so we often make a big deal about sex and i'm not saying you shouldn't if that's important to you but we put it on this kind of pedestal and there are other things that we do that sometimes we don't feel so great about. Like I use sometimes the example of, I don't know, maybe you both get invited out to dinner mm. and I don't know, you go, oh God, do you want to go? I don't know. you know, And you talk to each other about it and you end up going, but you're still not excited. But once you get there, as long as everything goes all right, you generally, I'm so glad I did that. Wasn't that good? Mm. And usually you don't beat yourself up about the fact that you didn't want to go. You understand that there's stuff going on. We don't always jump and get excited about going to work and we Mm. don't always go, I don't know, I don't go to the gym anymore, but back in the day when I did, Mm. I didn't always want to go to the gym. I had to convince myself. Mm. Sometimes that's the way sex happens. Mm. People aren't spontaneously aroused. They're not even thinking about it. It's not in their radar. Mm. So it's about how do we get there. So feeling less shitty and stop beating yourself up about this and thinking about, well, how do we get there? There are many things in life that we have to kind of kind of talk ourselves into almost. Now, I want to be very clear, and whenever I'm on the radio, I'm always saying this, don't take me out of context. I don't want you to have sex when you truly, truly don't want to. Mm. But there are a lot of things sometimes it's just that you're just not in that headspace mm. and you've got to go, hang on. I know that if I make some time to do this, mm. it actually will be pretty good. Mm. And that's where I've got to have an exploration because sometimes it isn't. When I say what does happen when you have sex and then they go, I cry, it, my penis doesn't stand up, it hurts, this happens, this happens. Mm. I go, no wonder you don't want to do it. Mm. So first off, I've got to find out what kind of ha- sex they're having, what experience they're having. Mm. If they tell me, well, this is what a lot of happy couples say, mm. 
oh, it's great. We just go, why don't we do this more? And then I'll say, okay, cool, that's good. Let's go with how do we get there then. And rather than beat yourself up about how it happens and it needs to happen like how it looks on Netflix and the romance or even if you watch porn, feminist porn, ethical porn, anything, sex Mm. is is all set up there. You're not going to see this part. Mm. So we've got to work out how you get there, that sometimes you've got to put a bit of effort in and Mm. not to be ashamed of that. It's so true what you're saying around the effort piece because it didn't used to be effort. You know, yes, before children, right? it was like spontaneous. So then you didn't think about it. Totally. <laughs> and then and you're like, where did that spark go? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it feels very weird, right? I'll have this yeah. conversation about people. You know, when you're horny, so when you're aroused, mm. you're often not thinking about much else yeah. when you're actually horny. Mm. And that's why people, you know, I giggle when I would do speeches at um, sexology conferences and things like that. People will like who know about safe sex and whatever, the minute they're horny they're like oh, don't worry don't put a condom on it won't happen <laughs> you know oh let's try this right because yeah. they're aroused yes but and it's much easier to do things and I say to people so when you're trying to start sex mm. from yeah when you're trying to start, start sex from not an aroused space it feels a bit awkward yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. oh it's so true it's so hilarious and I think this is the shift for us as parents and particularly younger parents with with younger children you know it's just kind of like well what happened is something wrong does that mean our relationship is no good anymore because I don't have that spark and uh-huh. you know I'm not yeah. feeling yes. like it but I know it's good but uh how do we get there so there's so yep. much doubt that I think is infused with being a young parent and you said you mm-hmm. see it all the time all the time time and that we need to look at arousal in a, in a different way because we're as I said what we usually see on tv and what we're fed are always depictions of spontaneous arousal mm-hmm. and to be honest that's often what folks with penises experience mm-hmm. not all the time mm-hmm. but a lot of them mm-hmm. a lot of folks who have vaginas and vulvas don't they actually experience something we call or refer to in our line of work as responsive arousal which means it happens almost the other way mm-hmm. you have to do something and then once you're aroused then you desire it mm-hmm. That's confusing because often we don't start like that, mm-hmm. but you can't, I get that people grieve the beginning of a relationship because it's for many people, not everyone, but for everyone, it's really exciting and it's, it's awesome, but it's all new and yes. you think you're spontaneous, but often it's because you've been thinking about them all day. You're yeah. sending them messages. Mm-hmm. So we see each other, almost jump on each other because you've worked everything up that, that mm-hmm. is usually not sustainable. Yes. Uh, and when you're living together and you've gotten in monotony of life, there mm-hmm. are many things we're like this with. So it's about, it's just expecting that and that the passion might come once you're horny. Yes as long as you're doing some things that you enjoy. Yes, 100%. And look, I think the trap, I know speaking to a lot of people through the podcast as well, the trap people feel like they don't want to fall into is I'm now, my partner's now my roommate not my yeah. lover. And like, we've got to yeah. be really careful here. And I think, you know, back to this example, six years or, or even longer, mm. oh, that's a Mm-mm. very long time to feel mm. as though there's a lack of affection. I mean, mm. do, have you come across this with your life? I was going to say, I've work? gone longer. Oh, longer. yes, all right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talk Sometimes to us about it's not it, even people all... without kids. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. to us about mm-hmm. that and how it can you get it back on track? Well, look, yeah, I mean, I know that that's what it's saying. I think the mm-hmm. question that this person asks is, you know, should I stay or go? I can't answer that, but yeah. we can certainly unpack that. Yeah. But um, yes, yes, you can. And mm-hmm. I suppose that would be about asking. I get really like nitty gritty, right? I'm mm-hmm. asking all the questions. I'm finding out what's going on, what's their view of sex, what is their goal during sex. Mm-hmm. Also, to try to be a little bit more even 
flexible, and I'm not talking about your legs and arms and all that, I mean flexible with those expectations. Most people have very unrealistic expectations. Mm. We need to just work out that sometimes sex is probably just going to be mediocre, um, mm. which is okay. Sometimes it might be fireworks and, and that to be okay with that. If you look at any relationship studies about satisfactory sex, mm. it's not that they talk necessarily about the frequency. What usually comes out of that is couples who talk about that they're comfortable, that they can say, hang on, I need a break. My back hurts. I need to put a cushion here. Yeah, hang on a second. I want some chocolate. Get the lube. (laughs) You know, being very chill about that. Mm. And also one other thing is variability. Now, Mm. I don't mean necessarily doing the Kama Sutra. Mm. It just means doing something a little different sometimes, okay? Mm. And that makes sense because us human beings generally, not all of us, but most of us, Even in everyday stuff, we'll want some variability, right? Mm. Like I would like to walk, but sometimes I don't want to do the same walk every day. Mm. I'll just shift it up a bit. Mm. So that makes sense. Just adding some different things. That could be in a different room, Mm. doing something different. And I get it. Couples have a sexual script they often go to. So this is where we've got to have a combo about changing it up a bit, Mm. which can be very scary. Uh, You've got to be courageous and vulnerable to do that sometimes. Mm. And I guess the, the hard part with the affection and the and and being in a relationship is that you have absolutely no control over that other person. You can just no. control yourself, right? So yes. I guess yes, you know, point. trying to and coming back to this, if if you are you're sitting there going, okay, well, I I'm really craving affection, and that other person doesn't want to come to the table, then mm. it's almost like. And you've reiterated it and perhaps you've seen a relationship therapist, perhaps you've seen a sexologist and you've really tried to work at this together. But if that other person is hard, you know, fast yeah. around not. That's when you've got to make a decision. That's a really tough call, isn't it? So, yes, this is where people will either perhaps talk about opening a relationship in some form, mm. practising some form of ethical non-monogamy and negotiating that, or mm. they leave. So, yes, I do see people leave. Yeah. Um, but some people stay, and I will say many people also stay and they're not having sex that necessarily blows their mind yeah. or all the time, but they're okay. They feel like they get enough of other things. Mm. So I suppose I can't answer that for you, but I'll yeah. certainly go through things with you and talk about what this means because mm. there's risk, right? There's mm. risk. And if you go, right, I'm out, what did you say? I'll go. And, you know, you know there's risk that this might happen again in another relationship. Yes. Um, and you're risking d- perhaps leaving the person that you, re- you really want to be with. Yes. But also, yes, you could be rewarded too. So I suppose it's about you can only answer that I mm-hmm. suppose and um and and you're right about what you said we can only throw these things out to our partner mm-hmm. and again you've got to be super courageous and get comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. but there's if this is just not hap- you have to have a conversation in some way right mm-hmm. and then you're right if someone keeps saying no this and you you find out and again there's nothing about the partner so I don't know what's going on with the partner yeah. um if they don't want to come to the party then you've got to make a decision right is this so important in your life that mm-hmm. you are okay to um, you'll have to co-parent instead mm. in a different way, mm. still be a parent, um, and then pursue this in another way. And for some people, that'd be yes. Mm. I'd say, yeah, sex is super important. And for others, they won't. I suppose it's about trying to come to a happy compromise. Yes. I don't mean a resentful one, yeah. just a happy one that works for you, that you get to kind of, you know, shift the goalposts on sometimes, mm. depending on what's going on in your life. Mm, uh, you mentioned something there, which I find absolutely fascinating. I don't want you to talk to me about it. So open relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. talk are they do they succeed what tell me yeah about them. of course is um, yeah right? yeah look and 
when I say open, mm. I suppose for anyone who's listening, there's a multitude of ways that people do that. Mm. So, you know, folks talk about polyamorous, which is usually, you know, just talking about having more than one partner that they love. But mm. I'll just use the term ethical non-monogamy, which is another way. So basically it means you're just not monogamous, okay? Mm. So it means, and every couple or thruple I work with, quads, you know, wow. they, they work that out. They work out what works for them. So, you know, for some people, the open relationship just means they've got this thing where they go, if you're away and you want to kiss someone, you want to do it, do it. I don't want to hear about it. And that's it. That's their open relationship. Mm. So, yeah, of course we're going to hear about the negative stuff and see the sensationalized stuff on TV because that's what bloody television does. <laughs> but, in fact, <laughs> monogamous relationships break up all the time mm. and they don't work either. And I think, yes, some do, and some people thrive in monogamy. Mm. They they love it. They feel good. And many people feel totally squished. Mm. And it is true. There are hum- many human beings who don't feel good monogamous. So mm. I, I want to say that. That is true. There's a variation of us. So, um, yeah, for some people that's a viable option. Yeah. So, so I'll give you an example. Mm. So I had a, uh, someone was in, in pain. I had a back issue. They liked this particular kind of sex, which was quite physical. And after a while, she just couldn't do it anymore. Mm. So they came up with a thing of they would have their particular kind of sex. And once a month, he, once a month, he went to a sex worker. That was his thing mm. who knew how to do that particular thing they liked. Mm. I've got other people who have a friend or a person that they go away with and do just that with. Wow. But, you know, so, and that was about a physical thing. Mm. Um, so it just depends, right? Like it's, you, you get to work that out. That's what I say to people, work it out how it works for you mm. and your partner or partners mm. if you end up with more. So, mm. yes, it absolutely does. We don't see enough of it. Mm. I think I said to someone the other day, we saw all these people in that dreadful time where people were voting on marriage equality. It was horrible. But you will not see everyone ever, I imagine, for a very long time marching to say, oh, you can marry more than one person yeah. now. It's almost like that just seems too too much. Yes. Which, which it isn't, but, but yeah, so people are doing this anyway mm. in their own way. So I'm not saying this is for everyone and it's cool. Please, if you're listening to this and you think, absolutely no way, mm. cool. It's, but for some people, it works. Yeah. It's an option. That's fascinating. And look, at the end of the day, what we're trying to, well, what we're discussing here are just sort of options in which you can, you know, live your life and in a way that you feel comfortable, you know, and if you are in a relationship that you want to sort of sustain, then there are options mm. there. I mean, you're absolutely you're, don't break up straight away. Oh, 100%. And look, for mm. those listening, particularly us uh, parents who, yeah, may, mm. may be feeling like it's all a bit much and we've got toddlers mm. and we're trying to, you know, reconnect with our partner, I think I want to consolidate some some of the, your tips here so you sort of said change it up in the bedroom you know that's yeah. that's one um what is mm-hmm. i mean i know toys can be an option for some people yeah. what are some other tools that they could use well, yeah, I suppose it's just variability in talking about that. So I was saying sometimes people just go to what they know. I'll touch it here, there, do that, do that. And I know yeah. you'll get off kind of thing. Yeah. So talking about that, and I suppose you may need to, if you're not, you haven't done it before, this is where you may need to have a conversation about what is, what else would you like to do? I get couples sometimes to do a fun game. Um, I say to them, please, you have to start this with no judgment, all right? Even if the, in, you're actually going, oh my mm. God, mm. I want you to keep that to yourself. This is not what it's about. And then you do this like traffic light thing where you've got green light you know the amber the orange in the middle and the red light and you start writing things down whether that be like literal as in actual um behaviors or fantasies or whatever in the green that you've ever thought of or you're already doing Mm. in the middle you've got some stuff like maybe you're thinking about you're not sure and the red's like hell no no way i'm never doing that Mm. and come together and talk about it because there might be stuff that that sometimes can be a fun thing to do Mm. you know i've had people say to me oh god he actually does have breaks i'm like yeah okay 
Um, yeah, so so that can just be something or having a conversation about that. And as you mentioned, toys can be very helpful and I try to say to people, stop thinking about them as competition, which sometimes, mm. I'll be honest, usually people with penises have said this to me. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. They're enhancers. They're very good because other than needing to be recharged or batteries, they're not going to run out. They're not going to get a crampy tongue, finger, hand, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're very good at getting um, blood going mm. in the vulva and the area, uh, the clitoris, all of that whole area. Also great for penises too. can be helpful. So, you know, they're just handy to have if you're wanting and you've only got a very short time and you want to get there quicker they're quite Mm. reliable for that Mm. but also just to bring a bit of variety and variety could mean anything because everyone who's listening to me for someone variety is having sex on their knees uh you you know and for someone else it is like you know getting the ropes out and doing do you know what I mean like everybody (laughs) everybody's different (laughs) absolutely so completely up to you and 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 yeah so maybe you're co-sleeping right so Mm. with your kids so maybe go to another room, mm. you know, like just ch- change it up yeah. sometimes is what we know people talk about. And that makes sense. Just like you wouldn't, most of us don't yes. want to eat the same food every day. Yeah. And look for those windows of time. And that may be during the day. It may be when you've got a tiny yes, minute to yourself. Your like it's not always going to be the sexy time that you had previously. No, your you time know? frame. And then I know a lot of folks with vulvas and clitorises mm. take a very long, what they think is a very long time to get aroused. And I want to acknowledge that because it's mm. true. Sometimes it can take quite a while mm. so that the thought of putting time aside can seem scary so that's yeah. why sometimes bringing those things in around this time can help push that a bit if you do if you really are um short on time which i imagine you are yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. No, I think that's been great. So for that caller who called in, look, uh, it sounds as though there's probably a little bit of soul searching that you have to do yourself, mm. a bit of communication work with your partner, you know, lean on the professionals here. If you really mm. do feel mm. like you're out of your depth, I mean, that's what they're here for. And in yeah. the meantime, I guess, you know, we've spoken about it, lots of different facets of pleasure and sort mm. of incorporating that into our daily lives. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to sort of add to round that out? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, trying to just bring some fun too because it can mm-hmm. feel a bit, you know, so, you know, especially during um, COVID when I was working with couples and they couldn't really go out. But, you know, I had couples, you know, Wednesday night was their puzzle night and, and you know, they were just doing silly things trying to just, you know, because they couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And and for some people they can leave the house now but they don't want to because they, A, maybe don't have any other support, wouldn't mm-hmm. trust anyone with their baby. Mm-hmm. Totally understand. That's cool. So it's like what can you do, you know, have a picnic on the floor, you know, mm-hmm. or, or trying to do something think fun because mm. we also know when I mentioned before about variability mm. around sexual things mm. also just in general that's why at the beginning of a relationship you're often doing things that maybe you've done before but because it's new with that person it's very exciting yes. that's why doing something a little different with your partner making yourself a little awkward or whatever and mm. having a giggle can also help that because mm. you're doing you're going a little bit out of your comfort zone and you're like really we're sitting on the floor on a Wednesday night um and I and don't get me wrong watching shows on Netflix and stuff it's not necessarily a bad thing that mm. people used to say because sometimes couples have a special thing they don't ever watch anything without it you know they mm. wait and they talk about it and that can be lovely too mm. but we just talk about changing things up a bit can help even for that and Mm. you know like that 70s song afternoon delight they're talking about sex you don't need to just have sex at night yes absolutely you learn that as a parent (laughs) you you take the time that you've got (laughs) and and, and even if you don't 
kids. Honestly, like yeah. sometimes people's bodies are better. Yeah. You know, gone, yeah. often people go, you are you kidding me? I always say this, why? I, I don't want to go to bed and make me do physical activity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yes. So no. try it at something else. That's it. No, I love it. Uh, thank you yeah. so much, Naomi, for your expertise. I'd love you to let us know how people can find out more about you. Yeah, if you just... Google my name. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll come up. My website's www.naomihutchings.com. And then you can, if you want to book a session, you'll see a drop-down box in the book, uh, booking section. I've yeah. got an Instagram page, which I haven't been as active on, but it's there. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of other podcasts you can hear me on if you want to have a listen or Triple J sometimes. So Yeah, love it. I'll pop those details in the episode notes. Thank you so much again, Naomi. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group coming up next week on the pod. So question then, how far do you go with your content? Like, would you actually like, is it videos of sort of certain acts would you actually like have sex on camera and show that like how far everything do you go everywhere, much. Not everything. Okay. <laughs> until next time thanks for listening the parenthood podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on the land of the Wurundjeri people we pay respect to their elders past present and emerging